Hey, it's Mike Halford from the Halford and Bruff Podcast. One, thanks for downloading. Two, thanks for listening. Three, why not leave a review while you listen to the podcast? And now, back to the show. What is going on? Welcome to another edition of Halford and Bruff here on Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd filling in again all week for Mike Halford. Jason Bruff is here as well. The official automotive sponsor of Halford and Bruff is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. And this hour of the program brought to you by Avenue Machinery. Build your company to win with Kubota from Avenue Machinery. Pretty packed show today, bruv. We've got uh, Rick Dollywall coming up at 6.30. Yeah, Rick reached out to me there yesterday. He's like, did you see the thing I did on Twitter? Do you need me to talk about it on the radio? I'm like, yeah. Sure. Sure, sure Rick. Uh, 6.30, can you wake up in the morning? <laughs> Won't turn that one down. <laughs> yeah. No, so we'll, we'll talk with Rick about... Uh, I think he had an update from JT Miller's agent and no, <laughs> there is not a deal, <laughs> but it might speak to the strategy that the JT Miller camp is going to bring into training camp, which is not too far away. That would have been a good, uh, a good one if he had set up the hit just to announce the deal on our show yeah, for like, Rick. That would have been nice. Yeah, I was like, don't, don't, don't you have your own show? <laughs> I thought you had that, but thanks anyway. Thanks anyway. It's great. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll awesome. take it. Uh, 7 o'clock, James Sharman, of course, uh, works for the Parlay. Now, longtime soccer journalist here in Canada. Uh, he's going to chat to us about the European soccer season and specifically some of the things going on at Manchester United, who you may have seen over the weekend, off to a disastrous, disastrous start to their Premier League campaign. Uh, Rick Campbell, BC Lions head coach at 7.30 and then our Tuesday regular, uh, my Canucks Hour co-host, Thomas Drantz, will stop by at 8 o'clock. Uh, just before we get to um, to what happened here, Bruff, I've, so I, I, I did the show last week of Reach. I, I think I filled in some other time. I don't know. Uh, I, I've done the morning show a few times, but this is kind of my first. I had an absolutely terrible sleep, and oh, I was dreading no. waking up the whole time, dreading the alarm going off, lying it went there. that badly with me it, yesterday that yeah. you're like, I cannot. <laughs> I was like, oh my I, God, I have I to- I cannot do this I again. I have to get up and do it again with that guy? Are you Four kidding me? Four days left of this? Four my God. days left of it. So did you have uh, the type of sleep where you're not falling asleep, and then a little bit of panic builds, Yes, and then you're not falling asleep, and a lot of panic yes. builds. So it's yeah. like, I went to bed too late, first of all, and then it's like, okay, I can still get you know X hours of sleep, but then you're not falling asleep, and it's like, all right, now it's down to five hours of sleep. Right. Oh, oh, boy, okay, that's going to be even worse. That's mm. going to be even worse. Now it's down to four and a half hours of sleep, and then somehow I also woke up like well before my alarm. So it was just terrible in every respect, but uh, I'll, I'll power through here. The great thing about this is at least... When you get up, and I think this every day when I get up at this time, it's like, okay, four hours till nap time. <laughs> I think if, if, if we're not doing very well, though, we can just, like, there's two guys in the booth. We can just be like, Greg, Andy, you got the last Perry. two hours of the show. The show would be better. <laughs> you, what? But, see, wow. Okay. See, if All the right, show would Alec. be better. You know what else would be better? Me just out of here, about, you know, continue on my vacation. It would be amazing. <laughs> Shall we talk about great? the uh, Better Call Saul series finale? We could talk about that for two hours while you, you guys do You know thing. what? 
I have them now all on my PVR. Oh, it's such a good Ready show. to crush them because I still have uh, a week's left of vacation right before Labor Day. There you mm. go. So I'm going to save them on the PVR, and that's going to be my my little treat. Your little treat. My little treat. Uh, Buy some cinnamon. So, Andy, that, that, that's actually why I was up too late. Me too. Because I was Same. doing other things. I know. And then I, so I was like, okay, but I got to watch this before I go to yeah. bed. And then it's like, oh, crud. My I've, wife I've completely and I made, ruined my whole situation now. My wife and I made the terrible decision to buy some Cinnabon, and I had it at like 10 at night. <laughs> so I was just like, full of Cinnabon? Where did you go to the well, airport? Well, because it's, <laughs> no, no, you get it from Pizza Hut. Yeah, I know. I made a trip to the oh, airport. You oh, can sorry. Get, I didn't know you could get it from Pizza Hut. You can get yeah. Cinnabon yeah. from yeah, Pizza Hut? We, we yeah, we got the inside scoop and got some Cinnabon from Pizza Hut. And I had like, it was just filled with sugar at like 10 p.m. at night. I'm like, oh, God, I got to go to bed now. It didn't work out very well. But, uh, oh, man, what a great show. And you know what's so good about that show is it changes Breaking Bad as well without spoiling anything. It adds right. these layers. Oh, so now dear. I want to go back and watch Breaking Bad because it's going to be a completely different experience. With Cinnabon, of course. Okay, so so it was a good finale. It oh, was my goodness. It was, a, it was wonderful. It was good? It okay. was wonderful. Yeah. All right. Great show. Uh, All right. Early early text comes in uh, to the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. When is Halford back? Jamie Dodd is the second worst 650 personality next to Riccio. I will take that. That's fantastic. Uh, nice. Halford will be back next week, but... Then I make a surprise. I make a surprise return the week after that. So don't get your hopes up. Halford and Buffs got this mini vacation right after they're back for one week of work. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, we're leaving again for a week. Halford is the third worst personality (laughs) at six fifty. So I don't know if that. I guess I guess slight improvement. improvement. A slight improvement. Should we do a ranking show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Hey, it's that that time of year. We might do some NHL.com rankings in a little bit. (laughs) All right, there wasn't much that happened yesterday, but uh, let's get into it anyway. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? What happened? I enjoy now there is an argument going on yeah. in the Dunbar Lumber text line. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Bick who's worse. <laughs> Poor Bick. Yeah, not even here to defend He's himself. catching strays, as the kids say. Um, all right, what happened last night? As as Bruff said, not a ton going on, but a busy day at the World Juniors as the preliminary round wrapped up. Canada beats Finland 6-3 uh, un- after a bit of a slow start from Canada. Finland was kind of all over them to open the game, but they, they win 6-3. They finish undefeated in first place in their group, and the story of Team Canada, Bruff, continues to be Mason McTavish, who scored three points, had a goal to assist. I believe he now has 13 points in four games. He is well clear of the next leading scorer at the tournament. He is dominating, uh, and Connor Bedard scores another one with a very, very impressive wrist shot that happened to be with Canucks prospect Yoni Yermo defending him on the rush. Is the record that McTavish is chasing, is it the 10 goals? I think 10 goals in a tournament, no Canadian has done that. So he's up to, what, seven goals, and he's got hopefully three games left with the quarter semis and gold medal game still to go. Hopefully Canada is playing in all three of those games. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I sometimes find when I'm watching these World Juniors, especially when the Canucks aren't super well represented, represented, um, and they aren't, let's let's face it, this year, I just get jealous. Yeah, like, for sure. I'm like, oh, that must be nice to have. You know, I, I, I realize the Canucks have some good, some good young players there, um, but... Elise Pedersen and Quinn Hughes are now, you know, they're they're young veterans mm-hmm. in the NHL. Um, 
you know, Pod Colson is still there and he still needs to take steps or he still can take steps. Uh, there are some other young players in the system, but it's, it's something else when a guy like Mason McTavish is doing what he's doing on this stage. It's been a while since a Canucks prospect has had a real, like, dominant star turn at the World Juniors. Who was the last one? I don't know. Like, is that, like, Cody Hodson? Like, God, does it go back I, that that's the far? That's the one that popped to, to, into yeah. my mind. Wow. When he had that sensational season in the OHL, the mm-hmm. I believe the year after they drafted yeah. him. and But since then, really, like, when's the last time they had somebody really do that? There have now, been some guys that have been okay Yeah, that have there, been good. Right? Like, good. Yeah. Or, yeah. But yeah, you're right. The, as far as being like the the star player or in the MVP race for for the tournament, yeah. it, it it has been. It is also, you know, you mentioned Mason McTavish chasing the Canadian record of ten goals in the tournament, and I also, you know, he had the four goal game, and I believe no one for Team Canada's ever scored five goals in a game, mm-hmm. which That's... I find actually, which I find um, remarkable. Yes. I, I would have, I would have assumed one of them did it. Yeah, like. Eric Lindros, Poland play, exactly, like playing like 80s. Latvia yeah. or like Mario Lemieux. It's mm-hmm. like, really? None of them ever cracked five goals? I mean, I know it's five goals. It's an awful lot. But that always surprises me when they flash that stat. And it's kind of the same thing about the 10-goal mark as well. Like, when you consider how in the past it wasn't always the most competitive tournament and some of the talent that Canada has come through, it's a little remarkable But nobody's ever uh, cracked that, that mark. So the quarterfinals in the tournament are set. Canada will play Switzerland tomorrow. Sweden versus the one of the stories of the tournament in Latvia. The Americans, who have been very strong, will be heavily favored over Czechia. And then Finland and Germany. Finland, maybe the third best team? Because Sweden in hasn't this necessarily impressed that much yeah. uh, so far. Uh, we should mention Jonathan Lecaramaki. So Sweden beat Germany 4-2. Lecaramaki picks up a couple of second assists on the power play. So not exactly jaw-dropping stuff. But, hey, I mean, a couple of assists for a guy his age in this tournament on the power play. Uh, you'll you'll take it at this point for Jonathan Lecaramaki, I think. Uh, a few people texting and confirming. Yeah, I think it's probably Cody Hodgson was the last Canuck to be a real star. Someone else texted in. Didn't Hoaglander have a pretty deadly tournament a few years ago? Mm, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank I, on that one. I, I, I don't, I don't remember it. No, I'm more in the honestly, and I'm not trying to be negative here. I more remember the the, the flameouts for the Canucks sure. in this tournament, especially Jake at one of the tournaments where he ended up on the front page of the province as the goal, the goat medal winner. That was my my memory. Nils had um, eleven points in seven games. That's pretty good. That's very good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What what tournament was that? Like, who was the leading scorer in that? Can you go, can you look that up? If you give me one second. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering if like it was over. What was he? He would he would have been a Canuck draft pick at that point, right? Yes. Yeah. And Barrett Hayton was the leading scorer for Canada. He had twelve points. And Samuel- another Canuck hero. <laughs> Because he was drafted. Drafted before Quinn Hughes? <laughs> drafted, Samuel. allowing the Canucks to get <laughs> Quinn Hughes. Samuel Fagemo. Barrett Hayton was, it was one of the best picks of the betting era, <laughs> I think. Him and Philip Sedina. Yeah, two Phil, great picks. Phillip. But Barrett Hayton, for sure, though, because yeah. Zadina was well, was highly yes. rated. He was high, he was rated higher than Quinn Hughes on, on, on many less. Barrett Hayton was the one. I remember when Hayton was picked, it was like, Oh my God! The Canucks yeah. are going to get. Holy like, cow! They're yeah. going to get one of Zadina or Hughes or, or 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 one of the other defensemen out there. That was the Lafreniere year, by the way. Ten points in five games for him. In that All game. right. 
Okay. Well, there you go. So Niels Hoglander had a good one. Uh, Daniel and Comox says that Cody Hodson reference just wrecked my day. <laughs> what was that? 2009? Man, the Canucks are poorly run. Well, remember yeah. Bar Down, Game 8 versus the Bruins? That shot. Oh, yeah. Do I ever? Shot. Oh, my of goodness. Of course I do. I got so excited. I was like, this guy's going to be a star. And yeah. then, well, nothing happened. And he yeah. wasn't. And he wasn't. He wasn't. It well, was depressing. You know. uh, did you read that list that the NHL.com came out with where they ranked all the centers in the NHL. I sure did. And the Canucks had two, two of the top 20. Two in the top 20. Which, when you think about it, you know, not every team is guaranteed to have one. No. On that list. And the really good teams, you know, like you've got, well, the Avs had, McKinnon is obviously very highly ranked, and Nazem Kadri is on the list as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Edmonton, of course, with McDavid and Drysaddle. McDavid's number one. I think Drysaddle's n- number five. Tampa Bay's got Stamkos and Braden Point on it. So, like, the good teams have two centers. The Canucks have two of them on the list with JT Miller at number 12 and Elise Pettersson at number 19. Uh, no Bo Horvat, but Bo Horvat is a good center, and he right. is also on the Canucks. If you expanded it to top 30, would Bo Horvat be there? Maybe, right? Maybe. Yeah. Right. So that's not that's not so bad. I mean, that's that's the strength of the Canucks team now, right? The Canucks roster. And in goal. And, and in goal. Down but the middle and in goal. Once you move JT Miller to center, all of a sudden that becomes a really like demonstrable strong point. And to see him all the way up at number 12 – you know, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's the wrong spot for him to be in, but he's it does a, kind of drive home how good he was last year. He's ahead of players like Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis. He's ahead of Kadri. Um, he's one ahead of Elias Lindholm in Calgary. I'm actually quite curious to see how Lindholm yes. does this season, considering, listen, I know he's got some good players to play with, Hubert O now, um, but he doesn't have Kachuk and he doesn't have Goudreau, and and those were both very good players, and they clearly had some they had some chemistry on that mm-hmm. line. It wasn't just oh, put three good players together, and I'm sure it'll work out. I'll uh, I'll be curious to see how he does on that the, list. The, the 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 interesting thing there was yeah, Lindholm at 13 caught my eye, and especially you know so he's above Ryan O'Reilly. He's also above Jack Eichel at 16. And look, I, I get it. Hasn't played a ton of games. Didn't play a ton of games last year. Didn't go the way they wanted it to. Yeah. in Vegas. That seems like a ranking that if we're doing it again at this time next year, he could be a lot higher if things play out differently in Vegas. Do you, do you know that Laddie uh, doesn't care for Jack Eichel and is always criticizing You're Jack Eichel? You're not a big Eichel. Jack Eichel guy? Uh, ja- where would you rank Jack Eichel in the uh, in, in uh, the center depth of the NHL? Is he top 75 for you or is he, is he going to crack that? I don't know. He's going to start uh, start performing when it actually matters for him to make those lists. I think he. Uh... So you turn into like a crusty yeah. <laughs> 1990s sports writer. <laughs> Pretty much. Where was, he in the, where, where was he in the playoffs up. this year? Didn't see him. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll be very curious about Jack Eichel on the list. At, at, at any rate, uh, Pedersen there at, at number 19, and I think he's got the potential to climb, and JT yeah. Miller uh, at number 12. I think a lot of people outside the market of Vancouver look at the Canucks and they look at the roster and they go, this team should be good. This team should be something. Well, John Scott called them a Stanley Cup contender. Now, right. <laughs> let's take that with a big grain of salt. I get it, though. If you look at the forward group right now, you're like, yeah, these guys are all good players. 
the question is always going to be, and heading into this season, is going to be how good can the blue line be? But you also have Quinn Hughes there, right? And you've got Tyler Myers and Oliver ekman Larson, who, yes, are overpaid, but they're NHL defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the more interesting training camp battles is going to be, and there's a caveat here, if Tucker Pullman is healthy enough to compete for a spot, then who's going to be the odd man out of, so Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, and Oliver ekman Larson will lock them in as starters. Let's yeah. call them starters for the Canucks to start the season. Um, then Tucker Pullman, Jack Rathbone, Travis Dermott, and Luke Shen, who of course we can't forget about, who will be the odd man out from that? And will some of them go over to the right side? Like Travis Dermott can play both sides, so is he going to play the right side? Does he need to yeah. if Tucker Pullman is ready to go? I think that how they configure the defense is probably the thing I'm, from a purely on-ice perspective, right? So not talking about trades or anything like that, but from an on-ice perspective, that might be the thing I'm most curious about, to see how it plays out in training camp early in the season and preseason and all of that. Because of the names you rattled off, I think there's a pretty good chance that Travis Dermott and Jack Rathbone are clearly two of the Canucks' six best defensemen. Now, maybe not clearly might be a right. little bit strong, but it, there's a pretty good chance that it works out that way, that they're two of their six best defensemen. Or defensemen. But if you add that up, then you have Hughes, OEL, Dermott, who's left-handed, as you mm-hmm. said, can play both sides, though, and Jack Rathbone. So how are you going to figure out a way to get all of those guys on the ice? Now, is it as simple as, hey, Travis Dermott, you've played on the right side before, so that's no problem. You go to the right side and we'll figure it out. Or do you have to get a little bit more creative? Do you ever consider moving Quinn Hughes over to the right side, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he pretty clearly has the skill set to do it. I think Who would are... you pair him with? I wonder about trying him with OEL. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so much of the conversation with Oliver ekman Larson last year was, okay, we put him in this shutdown matchup role, and he's doing pretty well, but that's actually not really his game. And if we're paying him this much, and we probably are for the foreseeable future because it's going to be hard to move him, should we try to put him in a position where we can get the most out of him? And that might be a more offensive right. pairing with Quinn Hughes. You you, you said in another interesting thing there, too, is the shutdown game is not really ekman Larson's game. Uh, which Canucks... Yes, that's which, a great question. Which Canuck defenseman is your... Like, who's your <laughs> shutdown pair? No, it's a great question because then, let's say you did go with Hughes and OEL in the top pairing... I mean, is like Tyler Myers and Travis Dermott in the second pairing? You, you don't want to put them against. Guy? You don't want to yeah. put them against. David's out there. Better get those guys <laughs> better out there. Get Travis Dermott up there. Yeah, it's a great question, mm-hmm. right? And so you might end up in a situation similar to last year, where kind of by default, OEL has to be an anchor on your shutdown pairing because you don't have a, a, a ton of other options. But it, it's it, it's kind of a weird situation with the Canucks blue line because they got a lot of bodies, but you'd also would love to upgrade significantly, but it's still a situation where, you know, Luke Shen, Tucker Pullman, a, a quality NHL player could end up uh, on the outside looking in at, at certain points. So we actually did uh, brainstorm some training camp questions beyond JT Miller, and we can get into them uh, as the show progresses. Uh, we can probably talk about them the entire week. Um, one of the questions that I had and we just discussed it is will Tucker Pullman be ready to go? And if so, who's the odd man out of Pullman, Shen, Dermott and Rathbone. Um, A few of the other questions that I've got, why hasn't Horvat signed an extension yet? 
like, it, I think Sat has said that he still expects that to happen before <laughs> training camp. And that would probably be wise for the Canucks if they can do that to get that done. But is that contingent on what happens with JT Miller? I don't think it should be. I think they should have earmarked money for the captain of the hockey team. Um, but maybe they're holding off on it just to maintain some semblance of, of, of flexibility. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just a theory. Maybe they just haven't been able to come to a deal on that. Um, we can ask Rick Dollywall about this coming up because Rick, uh, wrote a little bit of an update yesterday and released it on Twitter. And he was talking also about maybe the strategy that JT Miller is going to take into training camp. And that strategy might be saying by game one of the regular season contract talks are over. Yeah. Like we will not be revisiting those contract talks. So we'll talk to Rick about what that could mean. Like, where does that, why would they do that? And I might as well ask you that right off the, right off the bat. Like, why would they say, all right, training camp's over, uh, preseason's over. We don't have a deal, even though we might've talked a bit more Mm -hmm. about it. Why would JT Miller say, I'm not talking about this anymore? I mean, I think the easy answer is to try to avoid it being a distraction, right? I, I like hey, I want to focus on helping the team win. I don't want to be getting, you know, constant updates from my agent and stressing, you know, the team is pushing back on these demands. I just want to focus on the ice, so I'm going to suspend it. What about leverage? What about setting a deadline for the Canucks to do something, right? Like, hey, if you don't have something done by game one, you're not getting me resigned. And he could even say, I'm not even talking contract at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. right? Like that will not happen. We will not discuss this. So you deal with it. That's part of it. And I also wonder how much urgency there is on JT Miller's side to get a deal done or how content is he to play out this final year of his deal and become a UFA. Mm-hmm. And it just from the outside, looking at JT Miller's personality, wouldn't surprise me if he's pretty comfortable saying, yeah, I'll, I'll play, I'll go to the open market. That's great. I'll probably cash in. He didn't seem particularly uh, stressed out by all the conversation. I, I, I could see it. If you're a certain type of personality, let's say you're a guy that's on Twitter. How many times did JT Miller trend on Twitter in Canada this year in Canada? Like I would open it up. And every time it's like, Oh, did something happen? It's like, no, we're just talking. People are just just talking talking about it. (laughs) People are just talking about it. It was like JT Miller and Don Cherry. <laughs> those are those are the big two that would always trend on Twitter. Be like, oh God, well I'm not clicking on one of them, but I'll click on the other. Anytime you see Cherry on the list, you're like, oh God, what now? <laughs> what happened? But it's never it's never anything. It's just someone has said it has said something, or and some then memory other memory or something like this. Yeah, yeah whatever. A it's thousand just, it's just nonsense. for some reason. And yeah. also, I mean, t- tw- Twitter is also going to feed us the stuff that it knows that we're going to click on, of right? Course. And of course, we're going to click on. JT Miller, Twitter's like, who is this guy? Like the, the Twitter yeah. robot <laughs> the is like, what's going on here? Like, do you think JT is he Miller, political or something like that? Does JT Miller oh, look at Twitter at all? People think, love yeah. this JT Miller guy in Canada. Do you imagine if JT Miller has these friends that just show him their phones once in a while? Like, look, 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 you're on Twitter. You're trying to. I guarantee guys. that happens. Yeah. It's probably the massive eye rolls. Oh god! I, I think, think every really NHL player has, has those friends. Some really divisive bots are going to start to appear on Twitter, just stirring up the JT Miller flames, <laughs> trying to get people going. Rick Dollywell is going to join us next for uh, a bit of an update on 
uh, what JT Miller's strategy might be heading into training camp, which again is just just over a month away. Um, he's also got some updates on, I think, the Michael DiPietro yep. situation. Tyler Mott remains unsigned. I don't think he's an option for the Vancouver Canucks, but I'm a little curious or I'm a little surprised that he hasn't found a team. Although there are some players out there, some big names like even Nazem Kadri and maybe Tyler Mott is to a lesser extent just waiting for some teams to clear cap space. But when is that cap clearing going to happen? Because that would mean moves. When are these moves going to happen? That's the thing. One of the things I want to get into with Rick, right, is all these teams are saying, oh, well, we just got to clear cap space. But that seems to be impossible to do right now. So if that's what has to happen first, I'm not sure how we're going to get to that point. Uh, you can keep hitting us up to 650-650. Uh, what are your training camp questions that you're interested to see answered when the Canucks do open camp next month? Let us know, 650-650. We'll get to them throughout the show. Up next, from Donnie and Dolly, Rick Dollywell joins us to chat Canucks. It's Halford and Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Funny because yesterday I was like, I'm really looking forward to Big Band Tuesday, and I I had completely forgot until just this moment. So. I must say this is a great idea. Whoever what a delight! What it's, a delight! It's wonderful. Wasn't really an idea so much as uh, laziness. No, it was. How did it start? You must have played it, Laddie. Well, yeah, because it was the copyright issue, so we were forced yeah. to use this library, mm -hmm. and I just noticed that there was an endless supply of big band music. We went with it. Uh, it's fantastic. Great. Big uh, Man Tuesday on Halford and Bruff. What's this one called? Uh, let's go dancing. Okay. <laughs> let's go dancing. Let's go dancing. All right. Let's go dancing. Let's go dancing. With Rick uh, Dollywall. <laughs> Rick will join us momentarily here. The official automotive sponsor of Halford and Bruff is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. An hour one of the show brought to you by Avenue Machinery. Build your company to win with Kubota from Avenue Machinery. Now joining us, he is Rick Dollywall, co-host of Donnie and Dolly on Czech TV. And this insider is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Rick, thanks very much for joining us. How are you? Anytime, gentlemen, anytime. You should have played some Elvis coming into me this morning. You know, the movie's out. I saw it the other day. It's a beautiful, wonderful movie. Was it good? It was reviewed tepidly no 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 first of all i'm a huge elvis fan so anything elvis is is good uh the guy that did elvis he actually did a really good job i thought he was uh, really good tom hanks was the colonel parker mm -hmm. and i just saw it the other day i i was quite impressed with it what, i liked it what's your favorite elvis song rick uh yeah there's did uh, you got you got, you got an hour i'll be here for an hour <laughs> i mean we can move some things around to, to name one jailhouse, song uh, jailhouse rock uh, don't be cruel i mean the whole list goes on he was such uh, he was the best he was the best uh okay well we didn't bring you on to talk about elvis even though as you said we could do that all day uh but some interesting uh news and notes that you had yesterday on the vancouver canucks rick and obviously Look, you know how it is. Everyone wants to know about JT Miller all the time. What's the latest you're hearing on where things stand and what's been happening or not happening between Miller and the Canucks? Well, I, I, I got a hold of his agent, uh, Brian Bartlett, just to 
you know, look, guys, training camps around the corner. I mean, we're going to blink and we're going to be at camp. I, I think the pro, I think the young stars uh, are just around the corner, and then camp uh, just around the corner after that. So, anyways, had a good talk with uh, Brian Bartlett, JT's agent. He said he's looking forward to camp. He's been in Vancouver three years. He's played well in the media spotlight, the hot Canadian market. He's done well. Um, he doesn't think the contract's going to be a distraction. I can tell you the Canucks and the Miller, uh, Canucks and Miller have not talked contracts since the NHL draft in Montreal in early July. Bartlett has not been given permission to talk with any teams about an extension. The one question uh, that I had for Bartlett that I thought uh, is going to be interesting, uh, and it's around the corner, folks, uh, guys, uh, is uh, will he cut off contract talks once the regular season starts? And he says he hasn't talked to JP about that, but he said it's a realistic uh, possibility. Look, agents got to look out for the best interests of their clients. He's a high-profile client in a Canadian market, and he's going to be heading into possibly – uh, being a UFA in about 10, 11 months, right? It's tough enough producing, right, at the NHL level with all the outside noise uh, of contracts. And, 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 and look, JT and his agent, they know what Vancouver's all about. They, you know, they went through the trade deadline last year. They went through the NHL uh, rumors, rumors, rumors. So you know what? If they decide not to talk contract when the regular season starts, I can certainly see why. Would it just be for the distraction um, reason? Like he doesn't want to have that hanging over him. He doesn't want to even have uh, the thought that maybe there could be contract talks and I've got a game tonight. Or is it, or is that a way of creating an artificial deadline? Like by game one of the the regular season, we better have something done here because we know that deadlines make deals. For sure. For sure. And that could be a twofold. I really do believe it's about the outside noise. And, you know, it's tough enough to, like I said, to produce in this city. Uh, it, it's hard. And, then you, you know, and then there's, and, and Jason, there's always leaks. Uh, oh, they're far apart. Oh, uh, Canucks offered this. Oh, he's, uh, JT's looking for that. And then all of a sudden, uh, you heard JT take a shot uh, on a podcast last week at the media saying 99% of the stuff the media you know, comes up with his, his, his fake stuff and or fake news or whatever. Um, it, it is a distraction, and it can be. And, and you guys saw that at the draft with the Islanders story. You guys saw that last year at the NHL uh, trading deadline. Millions of rumors about Miller. He's on this guy's uh, a trade list, top 10. He's number one. Yeah, that, that stuff affects the player. It, it, it affects the player big time, Jason. And don't forget, even if they cut talks off, um, at the regular season, don't forget the Canucks still own his rights till July 1st next year, right? So say the Canucks are, are done in March, April, May, you still have time uh, to get it. And who's to say the Canucks can't trade him at it? Even if they cut off talks, they can trade him at any time. So you are correct. There could be an artificial deadline, but I'm going to guess a lot of that has to do, uh, Jason, with just the outside noise, just concentrate on hockey. And here's another one for you guys. If he is heading into a, a UFA year, you, you want the best season uh, as, as, as a player uh, to get the Canucks in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, the, the more points he gets, he's going to be better off as a UFA. All that stuff comes into play. But you're right. It could be an artificial deadline just to start with, uh, or it could be just to block out the noise. 
Well, the other thing from JT Miller's perspective, Rick, and Bruff and I were talking about this just a little bit earlier in the show, but I'm not sure how concerned JT Miller would be about, you know, going into the season without an extension for beyond this year, because I, uh, he's a pretty confident guy. And I imagine he looks at it and says, Hey, I'm going to have another big role here. I have a chance to put up a lot of points. And if I do that and I'm going to hit the UFA market next year, I can probably do pretty well for myself. So that's that's another reason why he doesn't need to talk contract necessarily in the regular season. Absolutely. He's a pretty confident guy. Uh, I think I saw somewhere in the last three years, uh, he's just outside the top 10 for all forwards in the NHL in, in, in point production. He's done really well in Vancouver, but he's done well here because, um, let's be honest, power play, penalty killing, overtime, shootouts, he gets to play two positions. Uh, he's so valuable to this team. Every coach that he's had in Vancouver plays the heck out of him. Boudreaux, you know, there was the change, and, and he loves play, playing for Boudreaux. Uh, he's in a good spot. One thing the city of Vancouver did for JT Miller, because he had his ups and downs with the Rangers. And he had some issues with Tortorella. He had some issues with Vigneault. He goes to uh, Tampa Bay. He's not really in the top six there. Um, one thing Vancouver did is they gave him a ton of ice time. Uh, they gave him a lot of uh, special teams uh, duties. Uh, the, the city, well, sorry, the Canucks gave uh, JT Miller, a lot of confidence. And, you know, he, he got to play a ton. He got to play special teams, the overtime, shootout. He, he got a lot um, He got a lot of responsibility in Vancouver that he didn't get in Tampa Bay and New York. Hey, Rick, why isn't Bo Horvat signed to an extension yet? Well, they're, they're, they're working away at it. They're working away at it. And I, I, I don't think that there's um, – they're working away. Everything I'm hearing on the Bo Horvat front is positive. I haven't heard one negative word. Uh, you know, I, I, I did uh, have a good talk uh, with his agent a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a week ago. And, you know, I, I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, uh, bad going on there. I think that contract gets done. I think the new management absolutely loves Bo Horvat. They do. Um, Jim Rutherford told me he's like Horvat going back to his junior days when he was, when he was scouting uh, uh, Bo in, uh, in London. And I'm telling you, they, they, they love this guy. They, they want this guy here long-term. They want him to be the captain long-term. Um, and when, if you're going to have a negotiation with term, they, they don't happen overnight, Jason. Sometimes these things take time. But I have certainly haven't heard anything negative about uh, Bo Horvat and the Canucks. I, I fully expect that to get done because both sides wanted to get done. Are you surprised Tyler Mott hasn't found a home yet? No, a, a little bit I was. Uh, I thought he'd be one of the first guys off the board. So many teams love this guy. His engine never stops. He's the energizer bunny, works hard, good team player, the whole nine yards. Uh, but there are four to five teams that have shown interest in signing uh, Tyler Mott, but financials still need to be worked out. Some teams are looking to move out salaries. I'll tell you one thing, both of you guys, this is the one common theme. Uh, when I talk to agents, around, oh, my goodness, around the NHL, so many agents waiting for teams to – uh, clear cap space. Clap, cap space is the number one most important thing in today's NHL, and a lot of teams are up against it, um, and including the Vancouver Canucks. But I can't tell you guys both. Canucks uh, don't have much cap space, but they are in the mix to land UFA defenseman Calvin DeHaan. And I'm not saying they're going to get Calvin DeHaan. I'm telling you that they're they're in the mix, and uh, that's that's a guy. And I wonder. You know, when I when I look at the Canucks' interest in Kelvin DeHaan and the fact that, what are we, August 16th, and they're still in the mix to land him, that tells me 
that I, I, I'm going to assume that Tucker Pullman and his headache issues, uh, will he be a camp? There's a concern with, with Tucker Pullman. And I know Dahan uh, uh, Kelvin is on the left side, but I, they can move uh, bodies around. If they, might, if they have to move a guy from left to right, they'll do it. But I, I, I just wonder if the Canucks are in on this player because of uh, Pullman and if they have concerns. And I'm not saying they're going to get Kelvin Dahan, but I do know as of last night they're still in the mix. I just wonder if it's uh, Tucker Pullman related. Well, they've got a lot of bodies on the on the blue line as it is, Rick. So you're right. If, yeah. they, if they're searching for another one, it's either Tucker Pullman or maybe something else, uh, some reason that they're looking for to add another body there. But, you know, to your point about cap space, Rick, it, yeah. it, it's, it's really interesting because it seems like, as you said, we hear that from basically every team around the league, the Canucks, everyone, yeah. all trying to clear cap space. There's things that are being held up while teams try to do that. But it also seems almost impossible to do. Like, what's going to happen between now and training camp or now and the start of the season that all of a sudden teams will be able to free up cap space? It seems like everyone's waiting and trying to do it, but nobody can actually do it. That's a great point. And, Jimmy, but they're trying. Uh, You know, the Islanders have to move bodies out to get uh, Nazem Kadri done, right? And the holdup with Kadri, everyone feels, is that the Islanders got to move some bodies around. But they're trying. Teams are trying. Like, I know... I know it's been dead quiet in the NHL, but it's not from a lack of trying. It, it, the teams are actually trying to move uh, bodies around. But as the Vancouver Canucks have found out in the last few years, they, how many guys, uh, Jamie and Jason, how many times have the Canucks tried to move a bad contract? Other teams want a sweetener. You know, they want a, a higher draft pick. They want a, a young player. You know, not every team's got a sweetener that they want to give up. So, you know, it's tough to move. Bad contracts. If you and I know it's a bad contract, don't you think the team that's trying to acquire that contract knows it's a bad contract as well? Of course they do. But they are trying. Uh, uh, Jamie, I can tell you, uh, teams are trying to move. It's it's just been really quiet. It's been really, really quiet around the NHL in terms of trades, but I do know teams are are trying. Guys, I want to get one more um, in before uh, you guys uh, send me off. Um, Agent Darren Ferris has permission from the Canucks to – talk with teams about a trade for his client uh, Mike DiPietro uh, one source tells me there is interest there is a deal there that could make sense for the Canucks as of now it does not sound like DiPietro is going to sign in Europe but we, we, we had originally thought that possibly if he's not you know in the mix for the Canucks he might go overseas it, it, as of now that doesn't sound like that's the plan the desire is still to be moved to another team by the Canucks here's the problem for DiPietro if he loses the battle to Archer's uh, Silovs in Abbotsford, which, which many uh, expect to happen because the Canucks have, have been bragging about Silovs and they want to get him more time in the American League. Well, DiPietro may end up being assigned to the East Coast Hockey League, and that, that, that's not attractive for his development. You know, and I'm not talking about the current regime. I'm talking about everybody with the previous regime. They didn't help this guy's development. You know, DiPietro went a long, long time between games. You remember, guys, I know it was a lot of it was COVID-related, but they also kept him in Vancouver around as the third goaltender for a long, long time. The poor kid didn't play much. But uh, keep an eye on DiPietro. Uh, he's, uh, I would say that uh, he's looking for a fresh new change, and the Canucks are trying to accommodate him. But uh, I, I think it's in his best interest uh, to get moved and uh, move quickly. Hey, Rick, before we let you go, um, another Rick. Rick Campbell, the head coach of the BC Lions, is going to join us at 7.30. Um, how pumped are you for the BC Lions right now? I've, I've been noticing you and Donnie on Twitter are really trying to hype this team up. 
Yeah, well, the reason is, Donnie and I went to Empire Stadium. We're 400 years old. That's why. Uh, But I'll tell you something about Nathan Rourke. Uh, what he's done right now, I have not. Uh, it, the fact he's Canadian is unbelievable. I just love it because uh, co- being in this, covering you know sports in this city for 26 years, we never saw a Canadian quarterback do this. Jason, it is so good because you know those young kids playing football in Canada that can say, "Now I want to be the next Nathan uh, Rourke." That that to me is important uh, because uh, that's a position. The Canadians have not excelled in. It's always been an American position in the Canadian game. It's always imports, imports, imports. Well, you know what? Now there's a Canadian. He's a young star, and people in this city have got to get out and support this guy, support this Canadian. And, and, and you know what? The next game, you know, let's get a big crowd in there to, to watch these guys. And, Jason, you had the, a good tweet after the last game, which was a thrilling comeback. Listen, guys, I do want to say this. I talked to Nathan Works' uh, agent in Las Vegas yesterday. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about NFL, NFL. He's going to go to the NFL. Oh, you know, I, you know, Nathan Works' uh, agent didn't want to talk about the NFL interest. He just said, you know, I just want Nathan to concentrate on the BC Lions, and I just want to con- want him to concentrate on getting a great cup for the Lions, and then they'll address uh, the NFL interest later. But what a wonderful story! It's been one of the best stories in the city in a long, long time. And it's just not a, another quarterback that's doing well for the BC Lions. It's a Canadian quarterback doing well for the BC Lions. And I think everybody in this city should uh, uh, get up and support this kid and, and go out and watch him. Because I'll tell you one thing right now. Uh, you know what? He might be only here for one year the way it's going. Get out and support this kid and watch the Lions. Friday, August 26th against the Rough Riders is the next game you can watch Nathan Rourke at BC Place. Let's go to BC Place. Let's try and fill at least the lower yeah, bowl there. and Because yeah. there's going to be some Riders fans there. There are always Riders fans there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's going to be a bit of a bellwether, if you want to call it, for um, interest in the CFL in this city. Because uh, especially after that Calgary game, and hopefully they go into Saskatchewan on Friday and beat the Riders and come home 8-1. and one. Imagine that. Eight and one. This team but, finally has some stuff going for it. And Jason, last few years, I, I had tough time watching the Lions on TV and, and finishing a game. I can't turn the uh, I can't turn the TV off when Nathan Rourke. I mean, look at the last drive and yeah. look at when the Stampeders got the long kickoff return for a touchdown. I was just about to turn the TV off, and I said, you know what? Don't mm-hmm. do it. You know, this kid could still bring this kid could still bring him. He brought him back in the last drive. Yeah, the last drive, I actually had confidence he would do it. I'm like, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. can get them in field goal range, no problem. It helped with the roughing the, uh, the, the roughing the passer. I mean, that was a oh pretty, god. Well, uh, there was a terrible me. roughing the passer on Bo Levi Mitchell earlier yeah. in the game. Is like yeah. I've never yeah. seen I've never seen a roughing the passer where the quarterback ends up falling on his butt. Like That's that true. is the roughing the passer. Oh no, he fell on his bottom. Roughing the passer, oh. like it. it uh, anyway. We've had a tough uh, go in this city. The Canucks have been, you know, struggling for 10 years. The Lions for 10. And the Whitecaps really haven't, you know, gone deep in the playoffs. And here's this kid. It's a wonderful story. It's, it's one of the best stories in the city in a long, long time. You're a wonderful story too, Rick. Thanks for joining us Thank this you. morning. All right. It was a great pleasure. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Rick. And there he is. That is Rick Dollywall, Insider brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Of course, Rick, co-host of Donnie and Dolly uh, with Don Taylor on Check TV. That was great. Uh, Rick kind of 
not only did he book himself on the show, but then at mm-hmm. one point he just took over the interview. He just as took well. over the was, show. We're going to ask him about Mikey DiPietro. He's like, before you do, here's some information about Mikey DiPietro. It, I, you know, the, the one thing I didn't quite get from Rick, and I'm not sure if he was clear on this, are teams trying to clear cap space? <laughs> I, 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 think I think he indicated I, that they I are. I think he indicated me. that they're trying to clear <laughs> yeah. cap space. I wonder. Um, if there's going to be a flurry of moves right before training camp. Well, this sounds so kind of mundane and silly, but I do wonder in August how much of, how much business gets hold up, held up just because like people are on vacation. Yeah. You know, people are at the cottage and it's like, okay, yeah. Like we'll, any business. Well, yeah, that really. I mean, we'll, you know, a week before training camp when things get serious, we'll, uh, we'll check in then and we'll make something happen. The cadre situation continues to hold or to hang over everything. Mm-hmm. Most people seem to think he's going to the Islanders, although some people are talking about Calgary. But for it to happen in New York, I imagine they need to move some salary. I haven't looked at their exact cap situation. I don't know who the candidates would be. In Calgary, it would be Lucic, probably. Yeah. That would be on the move. Or Monaghan, maybe. If they could. More likely for Lucic, I think. But then there are still guys out there, as mentioned, like... And I, I realize these are, these are guys that are going to sign for close to league minimum. Calvin DeHaan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tyler Mott. And by the way, if Tyler Mott gets league minimum or close to league minimum, he's probably going to be pretty disappointed. No kidding. That's not yeah. what he was expecting <laughs> going into the trade yeah. deadline last year. I wonder if he was thinking that he was going to get a deal something like three years, $2 million yep. per or around there. Because it's not like he went to New York and was disappointing. Rangers fans loved that guy. They mm-hmm. couldn't. I, I I would I would you know search his name on on Twitter when they first got him, and Rangers fans were were absolutely like they loved his energy. He they loved his speed. Everything that he became uh, appreciated for in Vancouver, Rangers fans saw right away. It's weird too because then the team goes on a deep run into the playoffs, which normally, if you're a deadline acquisition, that's kind of the dream situation for you, right? You get a chance to play in high-profile games, but it seems to happen every year where it's not even so much based on the player. It's just you get – there's only so many seats at the table, and if you don't sign in that first flurry, it doesn't come together for whatever reason. Yeah. You can be kind of in a difficult spot as the summer drags on. And, you know, the other – you asked Rick about the Bo Horvat extension, and as he said, they're working on it. That also they're, they're trying. They're trying. They're, they're trying. They're Guys, try. they're trying. They're trying. They're trying. Okay. Well, to, good to hear. Doesn't come, good to hear they're going to work. Doesn't come together overnight, as he said. I also think, wouldn't that just be the kind of ideal thing to announce, you know, first week of training camp, right? Get, get some good news I out think there. You have got a press conference. Yeah. Right? Like, Horvat's in town, so you can do it in person with everyone. Mm-hmm. Run him out. Hey, the captain. We signed the captain long term, all that. Like, And then hey, the first question for Bo is, is, like, are you a little surprised the JT Miller situation has been hanging over all would, this? Would you have taken the package the Rangers were offering <laughs> at the deadline? <laughs> do you think Niels Lundqvist is enough? Do you think the players are going to get a, a lot of questions like, hey, are you surprised to see mostly the same group here? Yes. I think that's going to be a very popular question to ask I think those so. guys. guys. Someone like, uh, I don't know, Tanner Pearson. You just go, are you are you surprised you're here? Yeah. You know? Or who else, Who are the, I mean, JT, JT Miller obviously is a name, but Tanner Pearson. Who else were, Connor Garland? Connor, Connor Garland's Garland, name yeah. was, in, was in trade rumors. I mean, Tyler Myers' name Tyler was Myers out there. Tyler Myers for sure. I, I also wonder They're if it'll all be. They're still here. It, it'll be that question, but also just. Did you pay attention to all like the the question they always get, right? Hey, there were so many rumors, so many reports 
of guys leaving? Was that on your radar at all over the summer? What did you think of all that? Right. And, but then, yeah, it's, I mean, we all expected a lot of moves. I'm mm-hmm. sure internally, they probably won't admit it, but I'm sure internally there were some guys thinking, oh, hey, this team could look a lot different next year. I think they almost have admitted it. They've been like, we haven't been able to clear the cap space. And that would necessitate player sure, moves, that, right? I, I was talking players. And, oh, okay. But yes, the management. Bra- you're right. right. Management yeah. has, in some ways. James Sharman is going to join us next, talk a little English football. Uh, Manchester United is off to a disastrous start. They lost 4-0 to Brentford. 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 They were down 4-0 35 minutes into that game. Bees. The Brentford Bees. Yes. They're a London club. I I could not tell you. Brentford. Brentford. Yeah. Wow. Brentford. I'll look it up in the break. I think they are. I think that I want to say West London or something along those lines. Uh, We'll talk to James about Manchester United. Um, I'm going to ask him, who is the best London-based club right now? Arsenal? Chelsea, Tottenham. So we'll get a little soccer talk in. Sorry to Andrew and Victoria. You do not need to text in and say you're not interested. This is the Halford and Bruff Show. Jamie Dodd filling in for Halford on Sportsnet 650.